You're listening to the DSW Podcast with James Ledger. Right, so welcome back to the Disability Sport Wales Podcast with me, your host, James Ledger. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about disability awareness and disability on mainstream social media platforms. I'm really excited to have this guest on today. World, Paralympic, European and Commonwealth Games medalist. A proud Scot, and it is Maria Lyle. How are you doing, Maria? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad, thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. No, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Good stuff. Let's kind of not roll back to the start, but mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your disability, yeah. and how you got involved in the sport? Well, my name is Maria and I've got cerebral palsy. It affects both my legs, so it's diplegic. Um, I kind of got involved through the sport through my mum. When I was at primary school, I really struggled with everything, really. Um, Even things like playing in the playground, keeping up with my peers. Um, But there was, I think, so it's primary four, so it's about eight years old. Um, We had to do this lesson called the bloop test, like the multi-stage fitness test, um, which... When I found out about that, I was a bit like, oh, no, like I always fall over. I'm going to struggle with this. It's going to be another opportunity where I'm just going to like look really bad. Um, but my mum was always just like kind of pushed me to do it. She's like I was never kind of wrapped in cotton wool. So she's like, just get on with it, essentially. Um, so I did and actually surprised everyone. And I was like essentially the last one standing. So I managed to complete the most um levels, which I was like very surprised at. And that was that first sense of like achievement for me. I'd never felt that. Um and I kind of just wanted to keep a hold of that. Um, so my mum and dad would take me out for runs and I would go to the local running club Um, I think for me not only was it something that would help with my cerebral palsy but would also like you know just having that sense of friendship and belonging Um, so I really craved that and it was probably just about 2011 just before like the Paralympic Games I found out about disability sport like at that point I didn't really view myself as disabled I'm from a small town I'm not using a wheelchair and stuff so to kind of be opened up to that world where I could compete competitively with other people similar to me that was something I was quite like excited at getting involved with um so kind of just took off from there um, I went down to like com- disability competitions and kind of got noticed and probably since the age of 14 I've been lucky to represent Great Britain. One of the surprising things for me there is it's a sprinter uh, winning the bleep test. Yeah <laughs> I'm not probably a natural sprinter if I'm honest like I used to do a lot of like cross country 800 1500 meters when I was like young um but when I kind of got involved in kind of Paralympic sport and getting like that your classification the only events available to me were like the 100 and 200 so I had to make a bit of a switch I don't think now I could like think of anything worse than cross country um but yeah that's kind of how that played out you've won a medal at every every majors you can you know, yeah. and I bet the Commonwealth Games is a big one, you not know, being a proud mm. Scot and, and everything. Has there been a standout moment for you? You know, you've had an amazing career thus far, and I know there's many amazing times to come, but have you got a standout so far? Yeah, I think in terms of a medal, it would probably be 
Um, well, there's actually two um, times. The first one was um, it was I won gold with the relay team at World Championships. This is 2015 in Doha. It was like my first time, you know, competing in the relay with other girls, you know, all having cerebral palsy, all coming together um, to, you know, I, I've never had that experience of being involved with a team. So having that, um, working together and getting that goal of what we all wanted to get was like amazing. Um, but I think like another proper one for me is um, winning my first uh, world title in 2019. Um, the year prior to that, um, I really struggled with my mental health and that kind of was diagnosed with anxiety and depression. And that kind of year from that point was about trying to get myself to a place where I felt comfortable even within myself and going to like athletics competitions and stuff. So to actually go out there and just enjoy myself and yeah, I think the, the gold medal was just like icing on the cake. Um, so I'd probably say those two. To be honest, I remember watching watching it and I always forget, because you've been on the scene for, for years, it seems now. Yeah. <laughs> you came on so, so young and I remember you from Swansea, maybe? Yeah. Europeans and now, because how old are you now? So I'm 23 now. 23, yeah, so it feels like you've been around for... For years, which is... I know, I feel old. <laughs> a lot more to come, a lot more to come. You know, you mentioned, you know, growing up in a small town in Scotland, you know, and, and your parents, very much like mine, really kind of just pushed yeah. you into to whatever whatever possible. Um, you know, how, how was school for you growing up? And I know for many, school can be a challenge for, for people with disability, but how was it for you and and how did you kind of overcome any kind of barriers that were kind of put in your way at primary school it wasn't too bad um I never really like throughout my whole school like career I've never had like any of my peers say anything about my disability it's more been like teachers who have like kind of made me feel stupid like I think they just associate somebody with a disability having like um a learning disability um which isn't the case for me um I just needed some just other adjustments so then I could keep up with my peers because uh, I struggle with just tiring and feeling fatigued with just writing and stuff and I think just those kind of backward kind of opinions and beliefs on disabled people uh, that kind of affected me a bit more at school it was probably towards like when I started um, high school where I became more aware of myself having like a disability and being different to like all my peers like as I've said like I'm from a small town like within my school year there was nobody else with like a physical disability um, and I guess like as being a teenager you're always like aware of what others think and you know trying to fit in and I just didn't feel like I fitted in I was worried about what people thought if people were going to say anything about my disability even though nobody had or that I was aware of anyway um, so I struggled just like being around my peers so probably from like 13 to even like recently like last year it's kind of yeah, I've struggled with just being comfortable with myself. Like I, I remember being at high school and like hardly going in. I would just say, oh, I'm away competing. I'm at a training camp when I wasn't, I was at home. And I would just say that because I've just felt so uncomfortable being around my peers because I was worried about what they thought. Like 
he's doing things like going into the local shop and stuff like that because everybody knows everyone and I was just like oh like I wonder what they're going to think or what they're going to say um and I just isolated myself from any kind of social thing and I felt lonely so it was like kind of self-sabotage in a way and I really kind of threw myself into my running as a shield to kind of just hide away from those feelings of like what I was experiencing and I think that was the problem was I I wasn't tackling those head-on there wasn't much balance within my life it was just all sport and then when things perhaps I didn't get the results I wanted within my running or I didn't run a certain time it was all negative. Um, and I just think, yeah, it was just a just a snowball effect. And it got to the point I just left school. I was 18 at this point and I had a bit of a breakdown after a race. Um, and that's kind of when I found out about, about like having like been diagnosed with anxiety and depression. And it's taken since probably last year. Um to get to the point like I'm fully comfortable and accepting of my disability and they're they're really powerful points and I myself have felt their moments as well of feeling extremely lonely in the world you know I think sometimes you think am I the only disabled person in the world sometimes um it's hard as well because I guess like if you were to just have a first glance at us, we wouldn't look disabled. Yeah. Um, whereas actually, yeah, it is hard when you're trying to fit in with kind of society, but then you also don't fit in with like, you know, the typical like somebody with a disability looks like. Because um, I don't know about you, James, but like I've had people out and about say I'm using my blue badge and people will question me. And I don't know if you've had similar experiences with that. Yeah, no, for sure. No, like I think. Most people think I'm just going to go to the pub because I don't drive at all. At all, at all. <laughs> and I get thrown around. So, yeah, no, I think that kind of social norm of what mm. disabled look like is, is is not the case. They talk about invisible disabilities often, don't they? And, and yeah, it kind of leads me on to the next question. Like, like the biggest kind of fears or insecurities I face is sometimes is about. I know people want to ask me questions, mm-hmm. but they just don't. So they they see me they see me kind of navigating or they see me um, looking at my phone or, or trying to read a menu and I can, no, I won't be able to see if they're looking at me, but like in my head, I'm presuming people are like, what's he doing? Mm-hmm. So I guess, is there, is there times where you feel like people want to ask you questions, but never, never do? I think so. Like, I think with the example of like using, so I've got a blue badge and, using that I kind of I can feel the stairs and it does make me feel really uncomfortable like most of the time I just won't bother because like Mm. if I can't be bothered having an argument with somebody I'll not bother using it but I think like also at the track um like I train with like the local athletics club it's like I'm probably like I'm only one with a disability there and you can probably like when there's new people they're probably looking at me like why on earth is this girl like training with that group or like what what's like how why is she setting her blocks like that or like just all these different things I have to do and I guess people just maybe don't feel comfortable because I think there's this kind of worry about being politically correct and causing offence especially like in a culture where everyone's like cancelled or you have to it has to be like this where actually I think like I don't know about you but I feel like 
with me, I'd be quite comfortable if people were to ask, oh, why is it that you walk like this or that? As long as it's in a polite way, because that's how you can better educate people. Absolutely. And I think we both have a very unique look on the world, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, we come from a very specific and niche, I guess, market of, of people. <laughs> So I guess, yeah, for me, and I, I completely agree, I think the only way we're going to educate people and help people feel more comfortable mm-hmm. is being approachable and being able to talk about it. And yeah. now, like you mentioned, for me, like I, up until, you know, 16 to 18, like I would do everything I possibly could to try and hide the fact that I had a disability. Yeah. And sport gave me the confidence and made me feel proud of who I am. So now, like, like you said, you know, it's now I'm, I'm, I'm confident in who I am. I'll, I'll happily walk around McCain and, and be kind of accepting of who I am. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, I think even, you know, being involved in disability sport and meeting people like we were at a training camp together a couple of weeks ago and I really enjoyed being down there and like chatting to you and all the other guys and stuff that were there. You know, you can have a laugh about disability, but you can also like have serious chats and kind of share experiences. But it's, I think it is nice because it brings people together and you don't feel alone. I guess the question is like, how do we make the topic of disability more kind of approachable for people? Like what can be done, do you think, to make people feel more comfortable in talking about disabilities and maybe asking them questions? So I don't, this is very personal, but for me, I like to use humour. Like I just love to joke about it. And I feel like that because I feel like my friends used to be a bit on edge about it. But when I would joke about it, it would light like kind of relax the situation I guess that's all very personal depends on where you're at with like how you view disability and stuff and I think guess understanding that there's a line to like you to not cross but I like to use that but I think also just kind of you know having podcasts like this sharing people's experiences of disability um I guess like, you know, seeing more disability on TV, not only just like Paralympics, but just like in other kind of areas, just I think people don't realise actually how many disabled people there are in the world. And I guess disability, it's not just somebody with who uses a wheelchair, like I guess it's a condition that causes like lots of things like disability I'm trying to think of the correct like definition, but it's like the largest minority group is disability and I think if people are more aware of kind of disabled people around them kind of some of the challenges and kind of extra considerations we need to think about going about our daily lives then I think the world would be a more like accessible place and um, disabled people would feel a lot more included yeah I'm not sure it's a hard one what do you think yeah no I agree I think it's it's making it more visible, I think, mm-hmm. and, and having, you know, people like yourself, you know, Libby Clegg, Kadena Cox on, you no, know, on on shows and TV TV programs that kind of people can relate to and see often, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and what you're doing, you know, for example, like what you're doing on TikTok, you know, <laughs> you've got, I have luck, you've got over like 300k likes on your TikToks, and you know, I think things like that really kind of help break down the kind of stigma and, and barrier mm. to disabilities like how, how how did the tiktok come about 
Yeah, it was funny um, because we got approached uh, just before Tokyo um, about like, with somebody, there was a few of us about creating an account and kind of sharing kind of what it was like in the Paralympic Village and stuff. I think some of the Olympians had done that and I think because of COVID and that, um, it was a good way of people kind of seeing what it was like being Olympics and stuff because obviously um, you couldn't you can go and watch um so I did a couple of videos doing that and it, that was fine um but I was kind of like I enjoy like a bit more dark humor a bit riskier and then I, it's quite like yeah I just find that funny so we did a uh, me and my roommate um uh, Polly Mayton at the games were like let's let's just do some videos um are a bit more risky <laughs> like um but people like really liked it it kind of went a little bit viral um and I kind of just like I'd still do videos like I don't like I don't do it properly you know there's some people that do their TikTok every day like I just kind of do it when I feel like it um but I found like it's a good way of kind of sharing like kind of the experiences that I face and I've actually I've quite a lot of people that engage in that and share similar experiences or um so I think it's quite nice that way because it doesn't make you feel like alone but also kind of I think having taken a light-hearted side of say disability is a good way for me to kind of deal with maybe some of the challenges that um I face and I think it's a good way of kind of you know, getting people aware of um the world of a disabled person maybe somebody that you wouldn't think of as disabled but no that's probably how it kind of came about <laughs> I love it. I'm. I do admit it is my guilty pleasure TikTok. And oh yeah, <laughs> you could spend hours, hours on that. <laughs> what would you say to your younger self now, if you could kind of speak to Maria, mm. that maybe that thirteen-year-old girl yeah. back then? What What would you say to yourself? Oh, this is hard. That's the first time I've been asked something like this. Um, I think like just go and get some help go and speak to somebody and just say, I'm, I'm feeling this and recognising that, that one, that's not normal, but then it's okay. But then doing something about it. And I guess actually embracing having a disability, like I always say to people, I think it's made me a better person. I've had more opportunities um, with it than if, say, if I didn't have a disability um, and like you get, yeah, you get to meet so many amazing people and stuff. And I just, it, it's something different about you. And like different isn't always a bad thing. It kind of makes you stand out a bit. I think it'd be, I'd be boring with my life without it. I wouldn't, like, yeah, I would just be like just any other person. So um, yeah, I think just, you know, getting some help and actually really embracing having a disability and be like, yeah, this is me. Um, I can't, I can't change it. Like there's always like, there's this quote I like to kind of live by and it's like um you can't change the cards you were dealt with but how you play the hand and it's like I've been born with cerebral palsy there's nothing I can do to change it um so I may as well just get on with it and it just accept it and like if there's there's going to be people that are backward or going to say things or not be accepting but why would I want to have those people in my life? So just like, yeah, the people that really matter will accept you for who you are. I love that. And I love that quote. I think it's yeah. really kind of will speak Thank to a you. lot of people. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And my final question mm -hmm. is, 
what advice would you give to those out there who may be kind of entering their sporting journey mm-hmm. um, or just in life, as, as you mentioned there, you mentioned a few diamonds in that, in that last yeah, bit. Oh. I think with like sport and getting involved in it, I think really making sure you have a balance, like I think, it's quite easy, you know, when you start to get involved in something, it's going well to really just kind of narrow your focus. Um, whereas I think from my experience, I think it's been really healthy to just have balance, obviously really focus, train hard in your sport, whatever that is, or if, even if it's not in a performance sense, if it's just like, you know, I enjoy doing this, that's great. But also make sure you have like other outlets in your life. Say if that's like school, other hobbies, like job or like, I'm not saying you have to be like a nine to four, you've got to be a professional athlete, you've got to do this, this and that. Like, obviously that's like really difficult, but I just think having a balance because say if something isn't going right, say if, like, for example, last year I was injured um, and if I just had my run and I would just think about being injured all the time. Whereas um, if you had, say, something else you could then focus on so then your life isn't all negative. So I think really having a balance and then I guess in life itself sounds really cliche, but just don't care about what people think. Like, yeah, it's quite cheesy, but like it's, it's taken me a long time to really kind of fully accept that. I probably didn't really take that on the board until probably like in July, like last summer, like really think about, you know, what this is me. I don't care if I want to do this and it makes me happy. As long as it's not harming anybody else, then whatever. And I'll just be me. Um, so I'd probably say those two bits. Amazing. Maria, thank you so much. Thank you so much for the open, honest conversation we had. I've loved having you on the show today and uh, thank you very much for joining us. No, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Um, you know, all of us at this place, what's Fort Wales? I know you've got a big year ahead, world champs in Paris, maybe a few Grand Prix before Italy. Yeah. No, hopefully we'll see a couple competitions. Yeah, see you there. But I wish you all the luck for the season and um, thank you once again. And thank you for my listeners and people watching on YouTube as well. Really appreciate you joining us today and uh, make sure you listen to the full episodes on all streaming platforms. And I'll see you on the next Disability Sport Wales podcast. Mm -hmm.